Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Hey, welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here. Uh, Jason Davis back with you. Uh, more information that you need to know. And we have a lot going on, as always, over the last couple of years. Um, but like we've had uh, some discussions on the show before, but not a lot of people talking about it. What is going on with the Christian community? Why are they not really speaking up about these things? And I've got a guest today that maybe can shed some light on that for us. He's actually the founder and the CEO of the Daily Brief uh, news site. He's got 10 years experience in ministry, and he's also got a nonprofit, Glory Bound Ministries, uh, spreading the gospel and, and helping people in need through that. And he's also got the Chris Russell Show. Uh, Chris Russell is with me today. How are you, Chris? Thanks for being here. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being had. That's what I always say. So, uh, <laughs> So like I said there in the uh, intro, you know, modern day evangelicalism, for the most part, is relatively quiet. I mean, there's a few pastors, you know, Pastor John MacArthur and some others that uh, are out in front. They're leading the way. But most of these modern churches are pretty much silent on a lot of what we see happening. You're working in ministry. You've been in it for a long time. Why do you think that is? I think honestly, there's there's a couple factors that go into that. I think one, the thinking of the world has crept into the church. So instead of the church being the one that leads the way, standing in faith, I think they're taking the mentality of the world. And that mentality is in times like this, when you have, say, a pandemic or you have some sort of virus or you have something, some sort of issue, whatever it may be, that's fear. Right. They don't want they, they want to kind of bury their head in the sand and not talk about the issues. But the church should be leading the way on whatever those issues may be from, uh, you know, mandates to abortion. Uh, the church should be leading the way. That's that's what I feel. But seeing it from a practical perspective, there's a lot of pastors. There's a lot of people in ministry that they're scared. They're scared to talk about the issues. I, I think they're scared to confront the issues because it may not be amenable to their church. It may not be amenable to the people. They, the people may not like it. They might 
not want to come back to the church anymore. They might lose congregants, but we're not called to build a giant church. We're called to build the body of Christ and do that in truth. So that means tackling the hard questions. Secondly, I think the other issue is, is that according to the most recent studies, most Christians do not read their Bibles. That is a 100% proven fact that's, that's proved by some Gallup polls and some Rasmussen polls that Christians generally do not read their Bibles overall. The body of Christ does not read their Bibles. So when an issue comes along, they have no idea what God's word might say on that particular issue or even how to judge it based off of God's word. So I think those are the two main issues uh, that, that I see. Okay. Now I tend to agree with you that a lot of these pastors are, you know, they, they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to make it uncomfortable for people to be in church because as you say, they want to build their congregation. They want to build a big church. So churches, just like anything else, just like uh, pharmaceutical companies are businesses that are trying to turn uh, in some ways a profit to pay staff and other costs, right? A lot of these churches have high paid pastors. They have to pay these bills. Um, big buildings, right? All that. So I tend to agree, but I want to circle back to what you said about fear. It's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of times you go to church and you'll get the message, uh, don't be afraid, God is with you and 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 this and that. But um, here we have a, a situation with COVID. Okay. So when COVID first started, many churches allowed their doors to be closed and said nothing about it. Uh, you know, again, John MacArthur and his church fought back and they've won every step of the way and they remained open the entire time. Um, but a lot of these guys just closed up and they didn't have any fight in them at all. Um, doesn't that like, isn't that almost like shooting off your own foot? Like if you did want to make money, if you did want to draw people into church, closing your doors is not going to help you, right? Uh, no. And I, I think that's why I, I don't. I'd have to disagree with you a little bit there. I don't think that a lot of churches are in it for the money. Statistically, the majority of churches across the U.S., about 98% of the churches in the U.S. looking at the stats actually have the average pastor makes about 30000 a year. So I, I don't think they're in it for the money. But I do think that obviously the mega churches, now that's a different story with the mega churches. That's about 3% of the churches in the U.S. Um, and, and of course, that's a totally different story. You know, like you, you mentioned John MacArthur, obviously that is a mega church. Uh, and I, he did. And actually, that's one thing I applaud about John MacArthur is that he kept his doors open. Now, I don't, I while I disagree with the people that did close their doors, I don't, I don't, you know, demean them or anything like that. That must've been a hard decision. I totally disagree. I think they should have kept the doors open or, or fought. And some churches did fight. So like, uh, you know, I talked about last year, some of the churches did fight back and it didn't go so well for them. Uh, you know, the, the state courts or specific state Supreme Courts actually shut them down. And then what was the determining factor is when uh, the churches in California went before the Supreme Court, which the first case that went before the Supreme Court actually when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on the court, they actually ruled and shut the, the, the churches down. But then when she passed away, it went before the court again. 
they overturned that ruling and said, no, it's unconstitutional to force these churches in California and in New York to shut down. So that was a huge win for religious liberties. And you don't even have to be religious to realize that obviously we want to protect our religious liberty. I mean, it's, it's absolutely an important thing. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But I mean, I would argue that any business, regardless, uh, has a right to be open and the government shouldn't be able to close them. Um, 100%. Yeah. So I, yeah, what you say is absolutely correct. The problem is, is that many of them, and believe me, I've attended numerous mega churches. Um, you say it's 3% of all churches. I buy that. But just like New York and California is only two states out of 50 they control a huge percentage of our, our voting populace, right? So these mega churches kind of do have uh, greater weight because you know they have more people in attendance. So they're influencing a lot more people right there in that one spot. I'm just wondering why, uh, and I still to this day in many of these churches uh, are not, and in fact, many of them are telling their congregation to get vaccinated. Uh, the entire Mormon church has taken a stance telling everybody to get vaccinated. The Catholic church, the largest church in the world, telling everybody to be vaccinated because it's for the good of all people. Okay. That's the guys that they're trying to sell this on. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, as a credentialed uh, minister with my denomination, I wholeheartedly disagree. And the reason I wholeheartedly disagree is on a couple grounds. One is that in the testing and in the vaccine itself, aborted fetal cells were used. So on that moral and religious grounds, I disagree with this. Secondly, it should be the choice of the person. I, I do not believe that uh, our congregation does not come out and say you should be vaccinated. What we say to our congregants, the church I go to, is we say it's your choice. It is your constitutional choice to, to figure out what you want for your medical procedures. And if you want to go get vaccinated, we don't condone it, but hey, that's your choice. You can go do that. So I wholeheartedly disagree with the Catholic Church. I do not think they should be pushing the vaccination. I don't think any church should be pushing the vaccination. And I sure as heck don't think that the federal government, which got a slap in the face, uh, shouldn't be pushing vaccinations as well. I think that it should be left up to the individuals to decide if they want a vaccination or not. Now, with that being said, I'm not necessarily for vaccinations myself, personally, just in general. I just, my thoughts on it are that a, a God designed your body to be able to fight viruses, to fight germs, let your body do what it's going to do naturally, that is what I personally believe in. And I espouse that. I talk about it all the time. I tell people, you know, private conversations out in the open when I'm speaking, whatever. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, you know. So, and I think from a religious perspective, God did an amazing job when he created our bodies. And we see that this, this virus has a 97% recovery rate. Okay, and the people that are passing away already had my wife worked in a COVID unit all of last year. And the people that were passing away, she can tell you 90%. And one and where we live here in Michigan, 
she worked in one of the major hospitals here in Michigan. So it was one of the bigger hospitals. I won't, I won't name the name, but it was one of the bigger hospitals. And she'll tell you 99% of the people that passed away from COVID were people that had stage four cancer. They had COPD, emphysema. They had smoked for 30 years. They were on the way out already. The doctors had already told them, hey, listen, you're probably going to die at some point because of this disease. And it just kind of pushed them over. Now, I'm not saying that's not terrible because that that is a, it's a sad thing when anybody dies. But the vast majority of people in the populace are totally fine from this virus. And statistically, right. that can be backed up. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anybody that looks into it. Uh, it's actually even worse than you think. I mean, um, I've seen over 99% recovery rates in studies without any intervention whatsoever. Um, And the total death numbers that the CDC puts out for the whole year, you know, every year they come out and tell you supposedly how many people die in the whole country all year. It's been steady around 2.8 million per year from before, during, and after COVID. It hasn't changed one bit. So Um, what you say is absolutely correct. The people that were going to die that year from the flu or whatever else, they probably died from COVID. Um, And and I have to say this, if if I can, uh, just real quick, if I'm, if it's okay to interject, but my mom who got uh, COVID because, you know, in our household, we all got COVID here. And my mom who's helping us, we have a little, little bugaroo that we had uh, last year, our daughter, Hannah. So my mom's been here helping us, taking care of her. She got COVID and my mom has COPD. She's over 60. She has asthma and uh, she's just not in very great health. Uh, otherwise, uh, she's got diabetes and all kinds of issues. And she has, normally she has vitamin deficiencies, all of these things. And she came out of COVID came out the other side with, with being fine. I mean, not that it didn't rock her world. She was sick and she was sick for a while. She's had no vaccine whatsoever and her body fought it off. I mean, we rest, she rested, they put her on some antibiotics. We, we got an oxygen tank for uh, here at the house and put her on oxygen. And after, I don't know, I think it was about four weeks, she recovered, you know, and she's getting back to normal now she's moving about and, doing everything she did before. So now I'm not saying every situation's like that, but I'm saying my mom's not a very healthy person and she's over that age bracket. She's all got all those comorbidities and she came out the other side. So yeah, for sure. And I'm happy to hear that. Last question. I personally believe that the spirit of freedom is the spirit of God. You've probably heard the quote from Thomas Jefferson, right? Like rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, if um, I, I personally feel like uh, this vaccine mandate, uh, it's a global push, right? It's not just like the U.S. is doing this. This is happening all over the world. It seems like a coordinated effort. It seems like it's been planned for some time. Um, it almost seems like the most tyrannical thing I've ever experienced. Sure. So to me, as a believer, we're called to stand up against evil uh, wherever you find it. And this is probably the most evil thing I've ever seen. Why is it? Why do you think that, you know, not every church is screaming at the top of their lungs? I I think one, I think one, you're right. I think you're totally right that we have to stand up to tyranny like this. And, uh, and one of the saddest things that I've seen is what you said is not, 
that a lot of people in the church, they're just kind of going with it, whether it be pastors or congregants, they're kind of like, and I think the reason they're doing that is they're scared. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible, right? It says, it says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of peace and of a sound mind. That's, that's what it says uh, in, in scripture. And the reason God says that he says, don't fear. I haven't given you a spirit of fear because when you're fearful, you make irrational decisions. If you think about it, when you're fearful, you will give up your freedoms, right? And a freedom once lost is almost never gained again. You, you never can't get it back. Forget it. I mean, you you look at you look at Russia, you look at China, you look at all these places where their freedoms. You look at Cuba, where their freedoms, Venezuela, where yep. their freedoms were completely given up and given over to the power of the government, and now they have no freedom. Right? They 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 tell them and they dictate what they can and can't do in every area of their life, from looking on the internet to uh, who or what they can worship or how many people can attend a church, for instance, in China, where the persecution is rampant. I had one of my uh, contributors uh, today actually um, contributed an article, and we were talking about it, about the places in uh, the world where persecution is. You know, the number one place where you cannot worship God for Christians, that it, it is a, uh, a bad place to be a Christian, the number one place now, can you guess it? Afghanistan, where we just left, <laughs> where they ceded all the power to the Taliban, which is obviously a, a classified as a terrorist organization and has total authority and total autonomy over the people. The moment. Hey, Chris, that- hey, hey Chris you didn't hear um, parents that go to school board meetings are now classified as terrorist organizations. You know that, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. I, I do know that. As a, as a matter of fact, um, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, uh, one of our contributors uh, actually talked about that about how the DOJ is is uh, waging war against parents that go to school school board meetings. I think a lot of people they're scared, so they're ready to give it up, and they're thinking in their heads. This is what I'm thinking: is they're thinking in their heads. Well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's just forcing people to get this vaccine. But it's a vaccine today that maybe you agree with or don't agree with. I don't know. But it's it's a vaccine today. But tomorrow, it might be something else. There's no limit. There's no end to the push that this tread on our liberty, uh, no pun intended, but that the tread on our liberty will uh, take us to constitutionally. That is why these safeguards have been set up that there has never been a federal vaccine mandate in such a way that the Biden administration was trying to push on American workers and on the American populace. There's never, that has never happened in the history of our country, what he tried to do right now. And, and, you know, I disagree with the court's decision for healthcare workers. I agree with the decision on uh, general laborers in the uh, American populist. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have you back because we're gonna talk about that again on a different show. But I'm gonna tell you right now, just a very short synopsis. I listened to the arguments to the Supreme Court. The questions that they were asking, they should have not been asking. I mean, they're asking questions about, you know, how they can mitigate 
people getting sick and all this kind of stuff. That's not yeah. their job. Their job no. is to tell us, is that constitutional or not under the law yeah. as written? They are not <laughs> health ministers. They're not doctors. Yeah. Their job is not to determine what's going to save lives. Their job is 100%. to say, what is in the constitution? Is that legal? That's it. 100%. And you know what? None of them were even hardly concerned with that at all. I have a huge problem with the Supreme Court. Um, this whole country has drifted so far from the intended uh, setup, the way it's supposed to work. Uh, I don't even know if we can ever get back. But like I said, we'll have to talk about that at another time because we're running short. Chris, really appreciate you coming on. It's the Daily Brief, tdb.com. Fantastic news show. The Chris Russell Show as well. Chris, we'll have to have you back and talk again. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. Be happy to. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 